What is up, everybody? Uh, I'm not going to give an introduction to the podcast because I still don't know which podcast I'm going to put this one on. So this is just going to be, <laughs> as the kids say, vibing. So uh, we, to, with me today is my one of my really good friends who I haven't had on since I think I had he, I think I had him on last year. Uh, is uh, my good friend, uh, former coworker, um, and um, just all around great guy, my buddy, the brilliant Ryan Green. Hello, Ryan. Oh, my guy. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. It has it has been a while. Um, it has but been I'm, a while. I'm glad to be back. And no, it's because you uh, went with to us. It, it, it never feels as long as it actually was. It's because you you were turncoat and you went to DNVR. Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah? That's it. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> so actually, we'll start off with that. You made a big career change. You were at uh, CBS for a long time and yeah um, man i was at uh i was at cbs uh my contract there was running out and um looked like i was gonna kind of just sign another and and be there for another few years but then i just started talking with dmvr and mm -hmm. um it was really more like i don't know if anyone else has had to do this but like i had been studying for television i had gone to montana for television i was like doing everything to have a television career right. and then like one night i was like hey wait a minute what if I, what if television isn't my future? Right. <laughs> and then it was just like, right. right. Then the, then the freaking, you know, floodgates open and then you're like, Oh man, it isn't. And so, yeah. Uh, moved to DMVR head of uh, video production there. And ah, it's just a lot more uh, stuff that uh, I just feel so much more comfortable with, man. Well, it's more in your wheelhouse, isn't it? Because, you know, yeah. Instead of doing TV production, you're doing stuff like, uh, you know, it's what you were doing on the, the the other other stuff you were doing that you weren't getting paid for. I guess is uh, as at the intent. <laughs> so you were not exactly you were not quote unquote a producer uh, anymore at DNVR, but you're a producer in a different sense. You are, are producing content in a different way than you were before. Now, has the transition to this been? I mean, it seems to me like it's just this was the inevitable evolution for you. So this was probably something that fits like a glove. Yeah, it was what I was trying to get television to. And uh, I mean, obviously, that's really hard to do, um, trying to change an entire uh, system. But um, right. yeah, as you so eloquently put it for my employer, I'm doing half my job now for the same amount of pay. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, but no, you're right. It's, um, it's just more, I had grown up, you know, like I was probably the first generation of like YouTubers, right? Where I was like- right. We were, we were the first ones that were watching unboxing of like the very first iPhone, right? And it was like, right. whoa, why am I, why do I like watching unboxing videos? And then in just, yeah. and now it's a whole subgenre of YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just more, it's more where I see video going rather than where it is right now. And again, it just gives me a whole opportunity with television. And uh, look, I'm going to, I'll probably say some, uh, not some nice things about television. That doesn't mean uh, anything against my former employer, but the, the, the television business itself kind of has its own rules. And right. so like you were really limited to kind of what you could do for television and how much time you had for stories and all that stuff. Right. And that's the great thing about YouTube and, you know, even smaller channels than, you know, DNVR is people at least get the chance to be creative. Right. Some of it's going to fail. Some of the stuff that we're going to see is like, well, man, I don't know if you should be making YouTube videos, but at least they have the chance to at least, you know, fail and, and, and try to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what, that's the great thing about DMVR. That's what I've loved so far is they were like, yo, we like what you shoot, just go out and shoot it. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. been, you know, the first month I'm like, 
okay, what are the deadlines here? And they're like, just make it what it is, dude. Just shoot it. And when you upload it, that's when it's uploaded. I was like, wow, this is wild. It's amazing, um, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it kind of a different kind of thing? Because, you know, you know, but the TV is a lot like old. Uh, I'm I'm a product of a father who was uh, in the newspaper business for 35 years. And I can tell you oh, that, wow. you know, the, 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 the deadline aspect of it is very real and there is not as there's deadlines in other avenues of media that both you and i are familiar with but it's not um the same it's not the pressure you're not trying to get it out um to a audience or or an editor that needs it by 1 a.m or something like that this is a this is a I would, I, I guess, relaxed, I guess, is, is probably the better, better way to put it. But that seems yeah. to kind of not give it credit. I don't know. I, I'm, I want, yeah, maybe more understanding. Mm. I don't know, because like, there is the, the and I understand, I, I understand from a managerial aspect where it's like, all right, well, I like to see what my reporters were doing every day. Right. Um, but then like, like this past weekend I had shot some stuff and I was like, okay, I can either hammer it out now and get it out. Like when I would normally get it out, which is, you know, right after, mm -hmm. or I can sit on it because it's a holiday weekend and it was nice weather and everyone was outside and it's like, well, maybe we can hold it and more people will see it if I'm not just getting it out just to show that I was there and I did something. Right. right. Um, and so that's where it is like, it's more what malleable, just it flows. It, it's, it's under, I, I'm going to stick with understanding. I think they understand that not, you know, you don't need to get it out immediately. You don't need something almost every hour, every day, you know, like some, some companies have their Twitter accounts tweeting. It's four tweets, a, four tweets an hour, and, mm -hmm. you know, every quarter hour and we get tweeted every time or we lose engagement. I, I just find that ridiculous um so but and the other thing is is that when you're at a news station you forget that sports is just a segment and now that i've gone from a television channel to a sports company it's all like whoa sports is like the priority here we don't have to beg for you know if funding to go to a game right like you know or fly to an away game right um they're all like no we gotta go of course we're, we're sports like that's what we do so um it's it's just been uh a breath of fresh air yeah i'm sure for you for someone who's probably doing it uh, as you and i've talked privately about you know the strictures and structures of uh of television are confining for someone who really wants to do a lot of different neat cool shit and i think it becomes uh constraining and then i like uh, what i what i've always thought is like sometimes you end up doing something just because you get paid and eventually it just becomes you become a robot it's just a soulless enterprise Dude, and i never i've never you've never struck me as someone who wants to do things because you uh are just getting paid for it so i think in that in that sense maybe this is the perfect thing for you to go to a situation where you could just do what you do best in this way and, and still have, are passionate about it, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. And um, the, what you were talking about and what I kind of see it more is, is on the print side. And, and mm -hmm. <laughs> at DMVR, we have a, we have a motto where it's like, if, if the story could be told in a tweet, just tweet it out. Right. right. Like you don't need to write a story just to write a story. And that was right. like you said, it's like 
in television, you have, there's no holidays. It's seven days a week. We have three shows usually every day at, yep. or at least in the evening, five, six, and 10. Um, and you got to have a story for it. And like you said, it's like, yeah, sometimes there are days where I'm like, this isn't a story, but I need to, I need to show that I did my job. I can't just go to my news mm-hmm. director and say, Hey, uh, just uh, wasn't a busy uh, Friday. Sorry. I don't have anything for you. It's, it, <laughs> it, that just doesn't work. No. Um, and so, yeah, I just think, but, and again, I think this goes down to more of the philosophical reasons where mm-hmm. I think viewers nowadays, especially in the DVR world or YouTube world, when they want to watch it, when they want to watch it. Yeah. That's where it's just like, you know, TV in the eighties, nineties, you know, heyday of television, you could watch one channel at a time. So mm-hmm. all the TV stations were fighting for that one. You, you have to be on our station. Right. With, with YouTube and websites, yo, if you're putting out good stuff, they will watch yours, they will read yours, and they will also go find other good stuff that people are doing, which is exactly what you want. It's views, it's not viewers. It's, it's, I think it's great. I think you know, people can have 25 tabs open for Nuggets News and just go website by website, you know, writer by writer, and I think that's great, and that's, that's what you have to do. And so, again, it's, it's, it's just different. It's great. It's freeing. And it just allows, like you said, it's like there, I know, I know people, we all know people at our jobs that are just there for the paycheck. Um, But it's great to find someone willing to pay you because you're like, look, I want to work, let me work, you know, and do what I want to do. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's been really great. You know, and it's, it's one of those, it's one of those evolutions that, that caught the TV industry flat footed. And speaking of that, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this because All right, we've seen what's been going on with uh, Altitude, and we've seen uh, them being, they were the not the first, but they are, for our region, the most prominent example of uh, regional sports networks getting phased out by larger carriers. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, is a, it is a natural thing that happens because people can that these people they don't want to there was a big regional sports network boom in the early 2000s and that really was like it's like with anything and you, as someone who's worked in tv you you know this far better than me but there's like with anything else it becomes this big investment in one thing and they never think about that shit changing and that is not <laughs> the same as it's going, going to be and right. what happened uh, as of what I think about even seven years ago, about 2015 is when streaming and um, being able to watch a bunch of things exclusively on streaming package happened. And people's interest in certain things um, to pay for stopped. And regional sports networks and carriers for that matter were caught flat footed. So there's this weird realignment going on right now that has unfortunately meant that almost three years of Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and Colorado Rapids uh, viewing has not been able to be happening for about 70% of the Denver viewing public. So mm-hmm. if, when you look at it just from the outside as someone who worked in TV, how do you think they can get around this shit? Because it's, it's it, unless, and like, uh, what is it, uh, NESN that is doing uh, uh, $30 streaming? for 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 their things is that the future is that is that where we're heading right now i I think that is the immediate future i think um 
like most people, there's now a uh, exhaustion on how many streaming services there are, right? right? So it's like, oh God, I have to have Amazon Prime and Hulu and HBO Max and Peacock and Paramount Plus. And it, it, it's just so much. Mm-hmm. However, there are two, there, there's like, so live television or live sports is like the like a powerhouse for television. It is like one of the most right. watched television. I think the NFL had the top 20 watched shows Jeez. in terms of just viewers. It were all NFL games this past year. Mm-hmm. And so it's the desire to want to watch those, especially live, because again, sports is one of those things where it's just like, you know, if, if, if stranger things drops, it's don't tell me I haven't binged it yet. Right. Right. But sports is still one of those things where it's like, yo, if you didn't see Jamal Murray dunking on the Bucks it, live, you have missed it. It has been tweeted out a thousand times within a 10 minute span and you missed right. it if you, if you didn't see it. Right, right, right. So I think that, yeah, I think I think Altitude should look at that. Um, I, again, it, it's kind of it kind of gets to what comcast is saying it's like okay so what am i paying for when the nuggets and abs aren't playing right, <laughs> right like right, those right. those off-season months you know is it 30 dollars then because then a lot of people were probably going to not want to watch that right, right um but again i think they are seeing especially regional sports networks they are seeing that oh yeah we were just one of the 600 channels that they right. threw in on the direct tv bundle right and um you know we don't really have that much sway in terms of contract negotiation because you know it hasn't hurt comcast one bit that altitude hasn't you know been on their air no um but i think yeah i just think i I, again i I mean like if you're altitude why not try that and i think they i think at one point they did didn't they they had altitude.tv or some type of streaming app or yeah you could um, only get it if you had uh oh that's right uh package i think it was like was it direct tv I think it's one of those because I, I got DirecTV, so I haven't missed any Nuggets games. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think that was it, Altitude Now or something like that. Yeah. And it was just it was poorly publicized. Let me put it to you that way. <laughs> poorly publicized. I remember being very buggy. It was it was a very yeah. alpha kind of right. App. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe they've gotten better at it, but again, I think that's just you know, in, in, in so many ways, we all want, you know, we, we don't want the 600 plus channels anymore. It was great that we got, you know, Fox sports, Northwest Fox sports, Rocky mountain, Fox sports, Ohio, Fox, but we only watch Fox sports, Rocky mountain. So why, why can't I just pay for that? I think we're definitely going to see that. And, you know, I, I don't want them to, but I bet they could be, get kind of lucrative with their prices, man. Like 30 bucks a month. When I first heard that, I was like, man, that seems like a lot, but also in the heart of December, when it's like, avalanche nuggets every other day mm-hmm. i think that would be there would be a time where i'm like wow this is so worth it like uh, i'm you know they especially here in denver i know a lot of people can uh know this pain i am so sick of trying to sh- illegally stream games it's just not fun i know how to do it but it's just not a good experience it's not a fun experience and a lot of the games especially nuggets games when i knew kind of how it was going i would just not watch i would stop watching early oh especially um, so, uh, like back in the day it was like full of viruses and full of viruses you still have to click through close 30 ads to get there oh my god yes. and then you're 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 two minutes behind the live broadcast so right. you better not be on twitter the same time you're watching <laughs> and so it's just i think people are sick of that um but yeah i i, I think but again it's like all right so is it if I want to watch a Rockies game, do I have to then get the Boston 
like market to do it? Or am I actually going to get, because I think AT&T show or root sports shows like 150 games. So there's yeah. still 12 Rockies games that they're not getting. And that's, that's where I'm like, okay, what happens there? Right. You know? Right. Um, right. But I do, I do think the future. And I think, you know, the, the price of, of having a Comcast television subscription mm -hmm. is showing that uh, the future is, you know, I just want to pay for this one channel. Oh, all right. Exactly. Um, and it, it is, it is weird to kind of behold how flat-footed, I mean, I just can't, just like newspapers to me, newspapers were completely flat-footed, should have monetized their, their output earlier than they did. They didn't. And that would have stemmed a lot of the tide if they would have put it behind the paywall in 2009, but it didn't. So mm -hmm. content got appropriated, a, a, AKA aggregated. And it became a never-ending chain of information that was belonging to someone else. And in this way, this is why highlights are like that, like why someone can mm -hmm. immediately clip a clip, as you pointed out, Jamal Murray dunking on the Bucks uh, in 2020 um, and have it go absolutely everywhere. Well, the origination is altitude. But someone didn't need to have altitude in order to see that clip. So it right. just becomes a law of diminishing returns after a while. Right. And I don't think there is an easy solution. I mean, obviously, streaming is it's, it's inevitable as far as I'm concerned. Inevitable, as I pronounce every syllable. <laughs> um, it's inevitable. And it's but I don't know if it's necessarily the future. I'm just my personal opinion. I think it's going to result sure. in teams having their own. <sighs> distribution that's my nightmare but I, yeah. I i can see that um and that's where uh, that's where i think much like television i think the um the people not in it will also will still have a chance to succeed because so the thing about like even now when you want if you like want to work for a team they know you and a thousand other fans want to work for that team. Right. And so that's where, and I, I think you kind of see it with the ESPN model. ESPN mm -hmm. knows that they're the mothership. And so it's like, all right, well, if you don't want to work for this salary, there's 400 people that do. Right. And so I think that's also how some of the teams are going to start looking at it where it's like, okay, I, I mean, our product is our team. We, sh we should be able to show, you know, people some, Bud Light cam at the end of practice, you know, are there more right. doors than when, you know, windows or whatever, or tires right. or whatever it was. Right. But in terms of like engagement and actually like, I don't know, like, like, it, and I think fans also kind of as weird as it sounds, they love seeing their home team, but I also think that they would be aware that, okay, maybe the media, maybe the talk shows, maybe some of the videos that they're putting out are obviously just trying to make them look good, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you're not going to get, you're probably not going to get a lot of YouTube shows where they actually say, Hey, yo, this team sucks right now. Our team is awful. Right. They need to trade everyone except this guy. You'll probably get the, Oh, you know, it's just a rough year. A couple bounces in this team's right. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the difference between like Homer attitude and actual fan attitude. Like mm -hmm. fans know when their team sucks and it sucks. And that's where, um, having it come from the teams is, is scary. But like you said, that is where it's just like, these teams are making so much money. And I know already teams that have studios in-house, they've built studios in-house. So that is a, mm -hmm. a fear of mine that, yeah, it may be start, but I, 
there's not really anything I can do to like stop that. Like I do see that as a possibility. Not to upset certain people who may be listening to this podcast, but um, this, we, you and I have firsthand experience and teams being very territorial about certain. Yes, very territorial. (laughs) Um, But there is a, it it is very interesting. And actually I kind of wanted to, to, to bring this up in context with you, uh, are one of the few people I can speak to right now who has firsthand experience of covering the Broncos. Um, not as much the Rockies, but uh, you've, you've done that with them and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Nuggets and Avalanche. A, a big topic of debate of late after Tim Connolly left has mm-hmm. been the state of the Denver Nuggets uh, practice facilities. Ah, um, yes, someone who has covered all four of the major sports in this town, where would you rank the Nuggets practice facility on that list? Oh, man. So it's not like, I don't want to make it sound like they're practicing in the gym from the movie Hoosiers, right? Where like <laughs> floorboards are popping up and they're breaking. Like it's, it's a nice court. It's okay. But it's yeah. like, it's, it's it, like, how can you... <laughs> It's tough to say like, oh man, what a great practice facility on the side of the arena that we play in. Like that's, that's the tough part, right? Like, like you're, you, you have a basketball court in this, in the, in the arena where you actually play basketball. Mm -hmm. I think one, I think players like getting away from that aspect. I think they like Mm -hmm. the event. I think they like knowing, you know, like, oh, all right, I'm here for game day. It's good. This is great. Yeah. Um, and you know, just like anyone, it you know, you want to get away from work sometimes, you know, as much right. as you may love your job, it's good to get away every now and then. And so that's right. tough when it's like, I just played here last night, I left the arena at midnight, and now here I am at shoot around at 10 a.m. at the same freaking place. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's where having just like just just attempting to put like a player's lounge in or an xbox you know that people the players can play each other a pool table it seems so small and minuscule and it is weird where it's like wow okay are we really going to spend like a hundred million dollars for them to practice somewhere else Mm -hmm. like that seems wild Mm -hmm. but that's how sports is today that's just how it is okay we're going to be getting close to I, again, I think in my lifetime, I will probably see the first billion dollar contract in sports sometime. Right. Like that's right. how close we are. Right. And so that's what's so frustrating is that like, it sucks that we have to argue about practice courts, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think you and I both know that the practice court is not going to make or break the Denver Nuggets championship mm-hmm. run, no. but it's just these little details where it's like, no, but that it's just what you need to do nowadays. And that's what's so frustrating is that like, you know, and it goes back to just paying Connolly. It's like, yo, if you just paid him a little more and maybe the whole ownership thing actually did kind of screw that up. It did. But it's yeah. just like, yeah, it, it does suck that we are talking about practice facilities, but that's just what sports is. And, and you know, you see Nick Saban bitching about NIL, right? And it's like, dude, okay, I get it. Yes, mm-hmm. it is different than what you, are, you have been doing, but that's just sports now. Players mm-hmm. are making money, so adjust. And that's, I think that's just what's so frustrating is uh, that like, well, you yeah, know, I mean, Utah Jazz can get a practice facility, well, but right. the Nuggets yeah. can't. But let me throw this out there because I, I think this is part of my frustration and people have heard me talk about this. It wasn't necessarily that it, that they don't have one. It is because they don't have the foresight to have one. And, and that is that is more important and intrin- intrinsically important to me because they the Nuggets had to be backed into a goddamn corner. 
in order to have a G League team. Mm -hmm. And now they are one of two teams in the NBA without a dedicated practice coach. Two out of 30. And I'm like, why do you guys always have to be the last ones? Why do you always have to wait until the last moment to engage in contract talks with your president of basketball operations? (laughs) again but like this is and i think this comes down just to the heart of the problem especially with fans just show that you're trying like show that you're trying i think that's what is so difficult with with uh you know the the fans here and and you know just the cronky family is that like bro we know that this isn't like your main hustle we just know it's not you know Mm -hmm. it's it's you you are a billionaire and you have so many other teams you have a football team you have a football team and then you have a basketball and a hockey team and and so it's like it just sucks because it's like if you had an owner where the nuggets were his life you would you would have to think that a practice facility would have already been built he would have found funding somehow because again it's just like especially with the roster they have man like, just show you're trying, you know, it's one thing to just sign Jamal Murray and MPJ and Nicole Jokic to play four years together. And it's another thing to literally build around them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's this, it's, I think that just, you know, again, it's like we, we, when, when people say like, we don't even have a practice court, it's like, wow, they're like complaining about the practice court, but it's like, no, it's the, the, the heart of the issue is that there's just, they're not trying. They don't, it just doesn't look like you care. It's like, it's like you said, they're doing the bare minimum. They're showing up to work and then they're going home. They got their paycheck. They're going home. The, 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 the um, analogy I draw is CU having to be the, one of the last teams on the planet in college football in order to have a representative athletic center, like mm-hmm. what's going up in the Dell Ward Center there. That took them decades and they decades. were one of the last yeah. And, and it, of course, it's a different in college because it's like they need they depend right. on donors and all this stuff. But it's still it's like one of the last in the freaking nation to have a a something that, that was even close to being modern as far as their athletic center. Yeah, I, it's just like it's representative and people see it. And I think that is what what I mean, I can't mm-hmm. get beyond is like if you are someone coming in i do know this and this is 100 i heard this from several a couple people this is the first time i'm saying this on this podcast uh there have been people who have come through on free agency trips with the denver nuggets who have openly laughed at their practice facility (laughs) right right and like you don't like you don't want to be that like I, I would prefer them to just like be oh okay like that that would be better but to to have them openly laugh like you, you expect me to come here every fucking day like i gotta take an elevator to practice get the hell out of here uh and you know it's like they get, i didn't realize how absurd that is <laughs> right elevator to practice i i mean i know they're athletes but you still in the heart of winter, you're still making them walk outside. Like you wouldn't have just a covered garage that gets into the building. Like I, it's just, and again, we're not saying that that is what is preventing the nuggets from a championship, but it's no. just one of the things where it's just like death by a thousand paper cuts. And that's just one of the paper cuts, you know? Yeah. I, I apologize for the background noise. There's someone drilling something outside. My house oh, right that's now. good. Uh, so if you're here, like occasionally, that's not me. Uh, I wanted to, to talk to you about something that's something that's sports related. Um, 
I have known you for, I don't know, six, seven years now. And it has occurred to me in the time that I have known you, you have become a, a man in old? his 30s. A man in his Oh, 30s. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as old as me. No, the, 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 no. the old person is me. That, that, that is 100% true. Um, even people who are older than me, I'm older than them. Um, but there is a, there is a, like, I have known, I know you well enough and have been a very good friend of yours for long enough to see there's evolution that happens when you reach certain ages. And I've, I've always talked about this and people, people don't are not conscious of it while they are uh, existing on this planet because you're not thinking about it that way. Right. But in hindsight, I remember about the time I was 30, it's not necessarily an evolution of thought. It's just that my, my, my way of being changed. And I don't know how much of it had to do with just getting older. Uh, I said on a pod, I was on a podcast last night um, via Zoom and they, they were talking, I was talking about how as you get older, you accrue more memories mm-hmm. and your, your evolution, you know, evolution begins with the fact that you, the more memories you accrue, you begin your time forward is, is shorter. So the time behind becomes longer and yes. it becomes a different way that challenges and changes the way you think. You and I have known each other very well for a long time now. In your, in your evolution here, what have you found since you've turned 30 that has changed about you that you weren't that 25-year-old Ryan that I met years ago uh, thinks differently on? Oh, man. So it, my answer is probably going to get into more of kind of the just the the lifestyle that you know people live in America now and that's just like Mm -hmm. being online all the time but I and maybe this I think COVID also helped uh helped me mature and change my thinking and it probably happened at the same time that you know at the same age that your uh Mm -hmm. thinking had changed Mm -hmm. but you just and I'm like I'm starting to see the, the, the old man and pardon my language, but the old man fuck it traits <laughs> in me where it's like, dude, does don't, this don't actually matter? I swear. Right. Like, does this actually matter? Like, I remember <laughs> we're like in, and someone put it perfectly. And this is how I think about it um, nowadays, especially getting old. Right. So when you are, let's say the 15 years old, a whole year when you're 15, like 15, 16, that is, in fractional terms, that's one fifteenth of your life. But when you're 30, one year there is one thirtieth of your life. Right. Right. So it 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 tone you like you were saying, you've had so many memories, so many experiences that now you're almost kind of toned down to it. Mm-hmm. You get the sense of when things are good, things are bad, and all that stuff, but you have a less there's just less emotional reaction, less uh anger, rage, less, you know, just but I think that's for a good, I think it's a calming thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I, again, I think you just realize for me, I, at least I have just realized that I'm just kind of a person. I'm one person on this earth. It's a very small earth. I'm one of 8 billion. I'm one of possibly trillions that have lived. Right. Mm-hmm. And in, and in 50 years, I'll be gone. Like that's, and that's it. And, and <laughs> when I was 25, you think everything happening. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, uh, you know, like a, a two foot snowstorm. This is the biggest freaking snowstorm I've ever been in. And it's like, nah, I've probably been in bigger snowstorms, you know, like that. Type oh, right. Of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, the um, look, I, that, that, what you're saying, sorry to interject. interject no, have at it. 
there is a i should have saved this for i should have made a ideas um <laughs> here so uh, that's a that's a gotta pack my bowl first yeah that's a, that a blast from the past um there is but when i'm when i think about it i i i there's a couple things that people go through when they when they talk about the youths like oh those youths and they don't say that um but um when they talk about it it's more about being annoyed at shit you did when you were a teenager right it's exactly what it is <laughs> because uh, as my dad said to me once uh, i was like twitter I, I get to a point where because i have to use twitter and <laughs> i get to a point where people on twitter annoy me and and then i i came to the conclusion that 90 percent of twitter is teenagers being dicks to each other yeah and you get caught up in it because you don't know the age of the person that you're talking to. Um, and I was bitching about it once. My dad said, well, you're a teenager and you were a dick. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> exactly. yeah, you're right. So I, I, that kind of put that into perspective for me, right? 100%. Like you just like, you're like, oh yeah, I was a dick teenager. I just didn't have access to Twitter at the time. Exactly. Um, so I'm not on Facebook that much at all anymore. I'm basically there for like, just to show my parents that I'm alive. Yeah. Um, but one of the best features it has had in its entirety is showing your memories from when you were, it, it like shows your status updates from when I was in, when I was 16 in like 2009. And like, some of the shit I said, I can't believe I, I was saying it. Like, I cannot, like, you you think as a person, you don't really change that much throughout your life. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm still kind of at the heart. I'm still like who I am. But yeah, of course I've changed. I've had to change. Mm -hmm. But man, you go back and read some of your thoughts and you go, dude, I can't believe you even thought anyone cared about this. Like, what, what, what ground were you breaking with this status update, my guy? <laughs> and so it's great that I can now go back and just delete all this shit. Right. But again, it's like, like you were saying, and again, it, it, it may be the Facebook and Twitter, um, you know, growing up in it, mm -hmm. but there is a, there's a, that when you have that much interaction with the entire world, right. you do start to make yourself more important than you actually are. Right. And there is then there has to be a point where, well, for some people, I hope yeah. that you do realize like, yo, you know what? None of this matters. I'm just another person. Like I really thought I was killing it with the tweets, but I'm just someone, you know, in, in Denver <laughs> tweeting, whatever, like just shit posting. And that's, that's what I've had to like, you know, I thought I was killing my Twitter game. And now I know now my Twitter is mainly just me shit posting about sports. Yeah. It's great. If people <laughs> like that, I love that people interact with me and, and laugh with at the same stuff, right. but I, I have to stop thinking that like, you know your tweets are some kind of like just revelation and people are reading Swindled. those going, oh my god yeah. Yeah. how has no one had this thought before <laughs> like it's just not that and so 100%, yeah. right so it's just like you really have to stop taking yourself so seriously and that's you know that's where you find you know the dad's wearing short shorts and high ankle socks because they just don't care anymore they know that no one cares about them and they don't care anymore so it's just that's that's where i'm at in the 30 i'm at that transition where i'm like oh yeah fuck it let's just wear whatever we want let's just you know that's where i'm at well that is that's that's really what it is because you stop you stop caring what people think of you and there's no way if i if this was 15 oh maybe even more than that 20 years ago there's no way i would be doing a podcast called the gen x show there's no way because i i would <laughs> right. well first of all i'm too much of a gen xer because that to me would be selling out uh -huh. and that was big for us uh back in the 90s 
Um, but then you get to your mid forties, like me, and I'm like, you know what? None of that shit matters. Why does it? Why did that matter to me? None it, it of was it. Very, very essential that people right. know this. But of course, then if you're teenagers, it is very essential for people to know certain things about you. Right. And in nine times out of ten, no one gives a shit. But they get caught up in the argument, and that is, my, I guess, my problem with a lot of social media, is that it, it, it's, it's the, it's like listening to two people who know don't know shit about life bickering on the street and then you have to interject yourself because i know better and that in that point you're like mm -hmm. no you're at this point you're no better than those people right. who are just bitching at each other it's just you interjecting yourself <laughs> exactly and well all right so like let's say you are are going back and forth with someone on twitter and a third person jumps in are you even responding to them no you're like okay <laughs> thanks thanks for hopping in dude i'm i've, I've got it block yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so you know it's like i had always thought that you turn cynical to the younger generations and you're like oh i can't stand this and that's where you get the i i always thought it was like the old men rebelling against how youth society is now mm -hmm. and i don't even think it's necessarily them rebelling against the youth i think it's just them not giving a shit like that's <laughs> and that's where I, that's where i'm at like you know, all these Gen Zers, I'm like, yo, y'all are doing stuff that I like, I have it. I just got TikTok, which is wild because I'm in the video, you know, business, yeah, like that's my life. <laughs> but even I'm on here going, boy, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I would understand the appeal. Like, I don't know if I could make yeah. videos that appeal to the TikTok generation, Yeah. but I also don't care. Cause like some of the TikToks I see, I'm like, okay, that, that, all right, whatever. Like that's that, I guess that's going viral. Well, but like, Years ago, Paul Millsap got onto onto TikTok and was started doing it, and they called him Dad. He was doing magic, wasn't he? Yeah, he was doing stuff like they called, and he was his nickname was Dad. I am significantly older than Paul Millsap. Okay, there is no way someone my age should be on TikTok. There is no. just like if I get went onto it, and there's a little bit of self awareness there too, because some people will get onto it. They're like trying to be younger, and they, they get onto things like TikTok and Snapchat and all this stuff. And uh, they're like trying desperately to appeal to people. I mean, getting the haircut where all the, all, you know, your, your, all your hair resides on your forehead and all that stuff. And the, the, they try and try and try. And you just look like a fool, man. You look like a fool. If it's, you just need to be yourself. And I'll be honest with you. It is uh, that evolution thought has been quite liberating for me because that, that there was a point in time in my life where I'm like, I can't relate to people. And everyone who covered the Denver Nuggets was younger than me. And it was a weird revelation to have because I looked around and I'm like, everyone's younger than me. What? Right. <laughs> what well, and you're the you're the MTV generation where like right. youth was actually like sacred. Like it right. was like 30 was ancient. Ancient. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like once you turn 30, you realize, oh, just a bunch of MTV execs told me I have to be afraid about turning 30. Like that's it. Yeah. That's it. And and like it's it's that same I, I i it's probably the same thing where it's like oh man should i be on tiktok am i like missing out and it's like no you're not it's just yeah. the gen z thing like you're not yeah. i can't tell you one video on tiktok where i'm like jeff you need to see this <laughs> because one you've probably already seen it on twitter right, right. because someone has definitely showed Reposted it, it yeah. so it's like that's where i'm that's where it's like yeah man it's like you 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 you're trying to stay like what you're idea and what you have been told is relevant mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like you actually start to realize you know relevancy is not that 
great. Not not yeah. a trait that like is is a necessity in this life. No, but because who at that at what point what, what are what are, what are you appealing to? What what exactly is is because I, I there is no point in, in in my last several years where I thought I got to really appeal to this person who is sixteen. First of all, a little creepy. Second of all, right. I, I, second of all, it's just I, I we don't speak the same language. My nephew, uh, Jake, God mm-hmm. bless him, is seventeen, and I. It, it is like communicating with someone who does not understand a word you're saying. And right. that is from him to me. Uh-huh. I try. Someone had to tell me what bussin was. Uh, I, I had to. Uh, I, he is my translator. And so I Which get all this. Inf- yes. <laughs> like I'm getting all this information like FR if it means for real. Um, <laughs> and I, I like all this stuff like, okay, yeah, yeah. Because one of the reasons I thought it was essential is because I, you know, been part of the basketball world for 13 years and most basketball fans are younger, but it occurred to me like within this last year, like, I don't need to know this stuff because anyone who reads me already knows that I can't communicate in that way. <laughs> they know it. Right. They know you don't know what push and pee means. They, yeah, like well, that. Yes. they know that. <laughs> yes. I am still not sure what that is. And the other part is, is that if you, if you try, people are going to be like, look at this old ass poser, like get the hell out of here. Right. It's the Buscemi. uh, What's up fellow youth? Like, like, you know, like that kind of meat, like that's what you become. Um, And no, so I get it, It, but you're right. Like it's, it's more of the, it's, it's psychologically understanding yourself. Right. That's Mm -hmm. like, that's the hurdle is your, is your own thinking because you one you have been you know told how to as youth you know you were told by literally everyone else what kind of like what you want to think um and you're very impressionable and all that stuff but again Mm -hmm. once you just realize like oh you know what maybe uh yeah like you said maybe people aren't following me for the youth you know movement or the youth uh ideas you know maybe you like we have been talking about maybe i just need to do what i am passionate about mm-hmm. and maybe people will respond to it no matter what their age you know that's the thing and that's that's where i was at with some of my videos like i felt like they were just better than what i was doing in terms of television stories and i put them online and sure enough i was right people liked them i there are still some videos where i'm like i can't believe like people actually like that like mm-hmm. i keep going to these broncos practices where they just throw the ball in shorts and they're still getting thousands of views. So it, like something is there. I'm, I don't know if I necessarily know what it is. Yeah. Well, um, but again, it's like, you're good though. It's just, 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 this, you know, don't, don't be modest well, here. You're good and this is you're what, good. this is what I try and tell like students nowadays that are looking to get into the industry. I'm like, yo, if you, you need to like literally have a passion for it. If you want to get in to just cover sports, cause it's like easy and you like sports, mm-hmm. you're going to have, you're going to be miserable because 90% of the job is not that. Like, right. like if you like football and you want to cover the Broncos, you're never going to watch another NFL game again because you have to be at the at the stadium at 11 a.m. till freaking 6 p.m. at night covering one game. Right. And even that game you still miss because you're typing out, you know, tweeting out stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, you, you have to if you if you are passionate about something yeah. to the point where your passion is so clearly relevant to everyone else, I think that's when people start to buy in. Mm-hmm. that's how like i was talking about earlier that's how people that were unboxing phones just taking a phone out of a box 
they were getting so jazzed up, like, whoa, look at, look at how they're, they look at, you know, look at this phone, you know, listen to the plastic come off the phone. Like, but that passion is what sparked other people's interest. They go, oh, wow. All right. I didn't know I liked, you know, seeing the phone turn on for the first time. ASMR. Like, it's just, it's wild. But again, it's like, if you are passionate about what you want to do and what you want to say, there will probably be an audience. You just can't go looking for it. Mm-hmm. And that also goes down to, okay, are you patient enough to wait for it? Um, and a lot of people aren't. And that's where you then start to get sellouts and, you know, the 40 year old men, you know, trying to use little Wayne lyrics mm-hmm. to connect. And it's like, no, man, just, just like, just write a good story. If you really like basketball, write a good story and I'll read it. I would never do that. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you one of his songs, but that, that is just a, <laughs> that, is, that is not necessarily an age thing. That's just a Jeff thing. <laughs> um, you know, and, and this, by the way, for people, these are the conversations that Brian and I have off air so i mean this isn't air as if this is a radio but i mean this is the conversations he and i right. have normally so but you know it's interesting to me because you know we you i communicate much better and I always have much better with you uh and you're what i was a teenager when you were born so i yeah. and it's like is there a like do you think in on the reverse side of it has your ability to communicate with people who are older than you improved with your own age um, oh, absolutely. Well, because, it, and, and, and this may be where the gap is, but it's like, again, I had to wait till I was 30 to kind of start having all these thoughts where, oh, all this shit doesn't really matter. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's when I'm also starting to realize like, oh, maybe I do need to find like the older viewpoint of it because maybe I'm going to have that viewpoint in 10 years, right? Like maybe I don't have it now, but maybe it will change when I start to realize different things. And again, that goes down to, you know, that goes back to just being on the internet and everything being so recent where everything is just like in your face 24 seven all the time as, as fast as it comes out. But I, and, you know, again, if, if we can get philosophical about, um, you, you know, you, it's, it's, it's more stop saying stuff and just start listening to things you know mm-hmm. even if stuff you don't agree you i promise if you're just listening you'll at least start to have different viewpoints and you know other things and so one of the one of the changing points in how i use twitter was actually from uh bo burnham's uh special on netflix called inside and he has it was like a little 90 second like kind of he was making you know kind of winking at stand-up comedy and all that stuff Mm-hmm. but he was making fun of Twitter and he kept saying like, do we really need everyone tweeting about the same thing at the same time? Can anyone <laughs> just actually shut the hell up about something? And that, and that like really, and especially in the sports world where you know what it's like in the press conferences when they're talking and you hear the quote and you hear a thousand computers typing away, mm-hmm. trying to get that tweet out first. Mm-hmm. And what is the, like it, if I'm a Twitter, you know, if I'm a Nuggets fan on Twitter, I'm following five, six different Nuggets reporters, right. which means I have five to six people tweeting out that same goddamn thing. <laughs> and so that's what it was like, really, it was like, wow, you know, like when I want to like tweet something or, you know, about something that happened, I'm like, do I need to like, okay. do I need to be like, wow, what a dunk? Like, no, I like, yeah, cool. Like people know, like let someone else, you know, it's like, my rule for Twitter now is if you can, if you have a tweet and you can read it and you don't know 
what the context was, what you were tweeting about, what even, you know, like <laughs> someone just tweets, wow, Nicola, wow. It's like, okay, did he miss something? Like what, like what, like, it, like was it good? Was, I don't know. And that, those are the tweets I want to avoid. Like that's, that's, I want to avoid things where it's just like, did, did that actually need to be said? Right, right, right. Um, but I, is, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, 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 go. Uh, you know, this, it's an interesting thing because you and I, um, like I said, I don't have to explain this to people. I, that Ryan's my buddy and I, I like, having these kinds of conversations with people who like there's a very few people who can relate to being both in media and not in media in this way <laughs> and uh right i went to bat and this is a story that i i need to because it it essays an issue that we've been discussing about relatability and advancing and just moving with the times and uh, about four or five years ago, um, the Denver Nuggets were not very happy with uh, Ryan <laughs> doing his videos, and <laughs> I got angry. Get in line, Nuggets. <laughs> I got angry, and I was like, what the hell? So the PR guy at the time, I sent him a very long text. I'm like, this is complete bullshit. Like, I don't understand this. And then they started making rules specific. I called them the Ryan Green rules. And uh, I, I, I was just like, I'm getting now. Some of it was NBA stuff. I get it. But some of it was just petty turf, you know, stuff. And yeah. I, I was getting more and more annoyed. And I finally, you know, as I fired off this text, and then uh, <laughs> he was like, I, I get it. I get it. Right. And it, it was all like, and then at, at that point, I'm like, oh, I have to make a decision because this is not a battle I'm going to win. I just need to let this go. <laughs> and it was at that point where I'm like, you know, how much is there a resistance to just general, not, and I don't even want to call it progress, but how much is there a resistance to just identifying media, all media is good media? And all publicity is good publicity. I mean, I'm sure you've run into issues like that with uh, the, the Broncos and the and the Rockies and all that stuff. I mean, there there has to be all that crap. And I'm just going from my own personal point of view because you know I was covering the Nuggets, but it just got annoying. And then I I stopped writing right around that time because right. a lot of it was because I got too close to Tim Connolly, and <laughs> I was like, I can't be objective. What am I doing? And I stopped writing. That's 100 percent legit the truth uh and so but aside from that it was just like i don't i don't want to do this i, I don't want to have to fight a battle like this it's stupid have you mm -hmm. had the same issue with other teams in town i mean not don't want to get you in trouble but you know no I, almost all of them and and again it's like i know the people that are telling me this are also like have a boss telling them that you that this needs to happen like so it's i i understand so I'm, uh, I, apologies if I'm a little scattered here because I've uh, obviously thought about this a lot. But so with me, when 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 if you say, hey, hey, you can't shoot that, cool, that's fine. But I I don't like when teams think that there is some malcontent behind what I'm trying to do or some malintent, I should right, say, yeah, yeah. where I'm like, like I'm, I, I am there, like you were saying, mm -hmm. because 
I was a I was the Broncos fan. I was a Nuggets fan. I was an Avalanche fan. I was a Rockies fan. I know what all of them want to see. I know, like, you know, like people are like, oh wow, you have such an eye for like, you know, the off-the-cuff moments. I'm like, well, yeah, because I know as a Broncos fan that Broncos fans are gonna eat up Russell Wilson, you know, dancing a little, or or <laughs> his first day at practice, he didn't know which drill to go to, right? And he was like getting all pointed around and other players had to like teach, like I television see that and go well i can't use that because i need like a shot of him throwing the ball like that's what we should throw show on television right action shots but i'm like no people want to see russell wilson getting kind of lost at practice because that's just (laughs) a funny human thing yep yep but that's the thing is that like when i when i shoot that there's no i'm not trying to like oh wow look at look at this russell wilson he doesn't know what the hell he's doing it's like no i'm i'm like you were saying I'm here to just give you free publicity, man. Like people mm-hmm. like what I'm posting about your team. I have never had any media posted and going, wow, well, I don't think I can be a Broncos fan anymore after that. Cause that's not <laughs> the video I'm looking to post. That's not what I'm looking to post. Um, and again, it, I think some of this also goes back to the teams still have sort of television things and mm-hmm. especially the leagues where it's like, well, if you're going to watch our stuff, you're watching it through our platforms, yeah. right? And they don't realize like, so, so people often want to know like why we can't show like NFL highlights on the internet and they can show it on sports center. And that's because some of the highlights that run on YouTube or your website are followed by ads before it that are just self-generated and may not be the ads for that league. Right. Right, right. So Papa John's pays a hefty price or whoever it is now to be the NFL's pizza. Mm -hmm. And so if, Denver pizza company has a pizza ad that runs on your channel before the NFL highlights. The NFL is like, Whoa, 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 come on. We're supposed to have Papa John's now people on the internet hearing that that's like, yo, that's crazy. How can you, how do you know what ad is running before every freaking video out there with your stuff? Like that is just nuts to think about. And that's why I also think it's going to have to eventually change because at some point these leagues, no one's going to watch because they can't watch it. Like there's, there's going to be, Mm -hmm. I, again, I cannot believe you would not just want everyone tweeting out your stuff all the time. Like just tweet it out, make me as popular as you want and I will make money off of it somehow. But they get so just territorial where it's like, no, that's my money. That's, those are my views. You can't have those. Those are mine. Dude, I'm, I'm convinced that you went personally went a long way particularly back in 20 when were you and i doing it 2017 when you were doing the shoe videos and you were doing shooting on the practice court and you were getting these candid stuff from the nuggets uh on in pregame during warm-ups and all this shit and i think you personally i'll credit you uh, went a long way to advancing the nuggets in a way that they had not been because their social media team at that time wasn't doing shit like that. And it was like, oh man, that's, 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 that's really cool. They're really cool things you're doing. And of course you, you, you've got a very modern way of doing approaching the camera and, and editing and stuff like that stuff. Like if say, if you're a traditional media person, your, your cuts are going to be very boring. Uh, (laughs) You're not going to be attuned to what, and, and people don't think that matters. It matters. You're not going to be attuned to what people are used to watching on YouTube and all these videos on, on Twitter. And I think you went a long way to advancing that. And I think you uh, forced 
specifically the Nuggets into getting a better social media team. I really do. Well, uh, well, thank I. I mean, again, wasn't my plan, but I, I would. Um, that would be cool if that actually were the case. I'm, I'm um, take, taking small comfort in the hell that we both went through. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's sometimes you just need like someone else to like do it before you actually realize, Oh, that's, that's that like, like I, I didn't invent my style. Like I, I saw it on YouTube and I go, wow, I could definitely do the same thing with sporting events. Mm -hmm. And that's, and so my, my main focus for every video I do of any sporting event I do is that, yo, it, no matter what happens, it was an experience for people. And I got to show that. And so rather than, you know, like you say now, where it's like on television, you go, well, the Broncos lost 20 to whatever. And they, you know, the defense looked bad and then they show highlights and then that, they run a soundbite and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. But like, and especially when I would go to Broncos games or Broncos practices or Nuggets practices or all that stuff, like most of what I enjoyed the most was not the game. It was hanging out with you courtside, right. And dicking around. And then Gary Harris would come over and we would talk about Nike shoes. Mm -hmm. That's what fans want to do. Like that's, they all watch the game on television. Those cameras can give you 4k stuff, but if I can give you an experience and especially with if like at DNVR, the great thing about DNVR is I can now give them experience with someone who they think is kind of like they view as a friend. Right. right. Like the, right. The, the, the people that have been at DNVR for a long time, for five years, even before it was a bar and where it is now, they were following, you know, Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens before that. And they they may have never met them, but they feel like they have a rapport with them and they feel like they're friends. So now if I can go and give you a first person view of going to a game and getting behind the scenes looks with Jeff Morton mm-hmm. or, you know, Zach Stevens at Broncos, like that you're you you can't replicate that because that's an experience that feels like they were actually there in the moment seeing all this candid stuff seeing all the athletes the way they are you know off the court or off the field um and that's just that's where again like you look at old media and the presentation of television now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know people call it staged news you know, because I, for wrong reasons, but if you really think about it, there are lights, there's a set, they technically have costumes because you can't go on air without a suit. Mm-hmm. They, you know, everything is presented perfectly, perfect. Like every, it has to be bang. And that's just not what life is. Right. And I think what we're now seeing, especially since we're all plugged in is, is a heavy focus on authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think people really love that. I think if you can give an authentic emotion, authentic viewpoint, authentic something where it doesn't sound canned or like you're doing it for a soundbite, I think that's just where it is. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where it's evolving. I hope that's where it's evolving. Um, you're, you're starting to see now, you know, it used to be hard knocks HBO, right? right? But now every team seems to be doing, you know, building the Broncos or following, you know, there, there's some behind the scenes stuff that they're doing in house. Mm-hmm. So I think they're learning. Um, but it's just like, and this, I, I kind of goes back to the passion. If you just care a little, right, about what you're doing, and you're passionate about it, I bet it comes out to other people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're there to just kind of get 
Nuggets highlights out for the team Twitter, that's probably all you're going to do. But if you care a little bit to put it with some music and show some candid shots and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, show some Rocky doing some crazy things, it just adds that little extra that people love. You know, I, I th- this is kind of the going back to the authenticity thing. And uh, thank you for coming on, uh, Mr. Green. Yeah. Um, oh, it's been an hour. Old. Damn, look it, at us. It, no, this is like, this is just, I mean, uh, Ryan and I would have coffee at uh, uh, Drip. Where I, no, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a Drip. Yeah, that drip. We, yeah, the, yeah. over at the, in the Bovalon. Uh-huh. And I mean, if you can call that coffee. But, um, <clears throat> and uh, we, <laughs> we, would, we would sit there and these were the, this was the sum total of our conversations. And I remember thinking at the time, well, it should really have a, like a recorder. Right, you know, just like getting a candid conversation between the <laughs> two of us talking about the, some of this wacky shit that we talk about. Here we are. Uh, but uh, the, to 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 wrap this up, and I know we've been doing this an hour. I, I Ryan and I have uh, when we t- converse, we don't always agree. Uh, I think through the 2020 primaries, he and I had a lot of disagreements. <laughs> um <laughs> there was just i think jeff's was, learning who was right about that no, <laughs> I, I i was right 100 percent uh we we are not going to go into that right now um and there you can be in a situation where you are authentic to yourself and still be able to be in really great and productive friendships with people that you disagree with. And I think as long as you understand that the reasons you are friends is, the, is, is above all anything else, you have things not necessarily that you have quote unquote in common, but that you agree on and that you like each other. And I think this is the where I'm at in my life right now is that Ryan and I have never had a dif- disagreement but that uh, vehemently about anything. You know, we, it's a debate, but it's never been that bad. But I've had very big disagreements with friends, but they're still my friends. And I think uh-huh. what I've seen on Twitter and through the advent of social media is that disagreements become life-changing, I will never speak to you again moments. And yeah. <laughs> I do have a line if if you are a pro-insurrectionist, I am very much inclined to be leery about speaking with you. However, however, <laughs> if you're a Republican, I have friends who are Republicans. Uh, if huh? you are uh, anything else, if you're very, if you're a lot more left-wing, Brian Green, uh, we, we will be friends. But I think that people have lost and maybe this is just the way i think of things it's more important to cultivate friendships now than anything ever because we are coming out of of a pandemic where everyone seems to hate each other and Mm. i think that part is maybe me being naive but i think people need to understand that we are all humans and we all have extremely large faults and what brings us together is the fact that we are humans and understanding that, I mean, look, I can t- talk to, it sounds like I'm lecturing here, but um, it's a, I can go talk to anyone and find something in common with them, something oh. that I can talk about. And, and I think that's know, where, what's lost right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I my biggest thing is you, you, everyone needs to stop taking disagreements as a personal slight. Mm-hmm. 
I, I mean, and, and maybe this is just who I am and because I have THC running through my body all the time, but like, <laughs> I am just so curious about everything. Like, like the insurrection happened and I was like, oh man, that's like not good. Like this should not be happening. But the thing I wasn't like, we need to throw all those people in jail right now. Those are awful people. Some of them deserved it. They're, they broke some laws. Mm-hmm. But I was more curious of like, yo, how have we got, what made it to get to this point where these people are now rushing the freaking capital of the United States? Mm-hmm. And, and so like, I, I want to understand that in, in doing so, you have to listen to differing opinions, right? Right, right, right. And in doing, you know, and talking to people like that aren't, weren't like, oh yeah, I, I would have, you know, rushed the thing. You really start to get other perspectives and, you know, like coming out of that, and I, this may sound controversial, but there was a part of me and I, this, this was a viewpoint that, you know, kind of cultivated after time, after all of it happened and listening to some of the stories of the people there. I was like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't all bad that the people in Congress know that this country can still rush their freaking building if they're doing things wrong. Maybe the elected officials needed that little scare. Maybe they just needed a dose of reality to like, hey, y'all, we know that you are screwing us. We know that you're making a lot of money off of us. You know, you're doing stock trades that are so brazenly corrupt. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just good that there was that like, hey, this is, you know, fuck around and find out. Really, Mm -hmm. just try now, I think a lot of the anger was misguided. I don't think it was a, an, an election fraud, yeah. um, but I yeah. can see why people would be, you know, upset at, at a lot of things that a lot of elected officials are doing. I think, um, but like you said, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, okay. go ahead. Um, but like you said, like, it, it's not just like we can find one thing that we have in common. I bet there's like, I would say there's, if you really break down to like philosophy in terms of, hey, should we steal from each other? Should we not kill each other? Should we fuck right. each other's wives? You're like, I think a lot of people <laughs> would be would be on similar sides. I mean, Jesus, we had 70% of the country agrees that abortion should be legal. Now uh, it's somehow getting overturned, right. but 70%, there's not a lot of uh, things that the country agrees 70% with. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. again, yeah, like, you like I was saying, you can't view disagreements or different viewpoints as a slight or a personal attack to yours. You have to view them as some type of learning experience and some type of like, oh, I wonder why they think that, right? Like, it's right. just it's you're literally judging a book by the cover, and it's like, yo, read the book, and maybe you'll realize what they were talking about. Well, I think so. so social media contributes to that, right? Because oh, hundred percent. We, we only we only see snapshots. We don't see. We don't see the person behind that. And I, and I do look at people who get manipulated and I'm wondering, I am wondering how they got to that point where they can be manipulated into that sort of scenario. I'm like, what conditions were set up to where you are now uh, believing blatantly false uh, election fraud things where you're like that. Exactly. But what I'm where I'm at right now is like, why I want to get past why people are so angry all the time. And I think part of it is social media. I got to be honest; they get they just they, they they just get addicted to it. You're still looking at your phone all fucking day, look, you're just waiting for something to be outraged over, um, because we're addicted to it. And I think some of the technology companies need to take some accountability with with how that has evolved. But on the flip side of that, I want to know why you are susceptible being to being led to this point. That is where mm-hmm. my curiosity is. Why, mm-hmm. why were you someone who was 
like so ready to believe that people uh, stole an election from you that blatantly was not stolen. And that is that is right. what that is what I want to find out because um, I do think there is some of the the man with one eye leading the blind at this point, uh, and mm-hmm. I think that there is needs to be an advancement to where we did, did we 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 doctor heal thyself. The American people need right. to look at themselves. We all need right. to look at ourselves. Yes. Well, I mean, like, a ma- for a majority of the country, statistically, life kind of sucks in this in, in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. I think 51% are making $30,000 or less a year. You know, like, I think 70% have, like, less than $400 in savings. Yeah. That sucks. That's not fun. That's just not fun. Right. And so this is going to like, and this is, again, I was watching something on YouTube that, and it just kind of opened my eyes. They were like, you know, for a lot of millennials, they entered the workforce during the housing crisis in 2008. Yeah. And since then, has anything in the economy really actually gotten better to where they actually feel like safe in the future, like safe about what their prospects are? There are some of us doing very well, but a large majority of us are not. And so like, and this goes, you know, it's like people like, oh man, I cannot believe you like distrust the government where it's like, well, all right. So what if like, uh, you know, NAFTA took away their dad's job, sent it overseas. And then their dad and their mom got divorced because that was the job. And then they split apart. And now they've, you know, they're growing up in a split marriage and they're poor now and they didn't get an education and all that stuff. Like that will affect a person 20 years from now that you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, and maybe I should have gotten into like therapy and really like, Oh, I'm actually really curious. Like, let's break down your thinking. But, um, but that's where like, that's, you know, I'm just curious as to like, like you were talking about, like, man, like it's, I would not want you to think this way, but rather than me getting you mad at not thinking the way I think I would, I am just more curious in the way you, how you are thinking and what makes you think that way and how you got there. I would like to find out what would lead one person who probably did not give a crap about gay people their entire life, why they suddenly think that they're all gay teachers or groomers right now. Exactly. (laughs) Right. How would you get to this point? Where, where did, where where was the pivot point for you to go from a seemingly just maybe not someone who was, you know, been around a lot of gay people in their life. And this is probably a lot of it, but then there is like, the other side, it's like, what leads you to a point where you ne- this thought never entered your mind at all for your entire right. life to suddenly thinking all gay men and are groomers who want to cut off your child's balls. This is, I mean, this is, this is where I don't know. Where Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying that there's not, that straight people are going to be extinct soon. Like, that's just not how that works, lady. That's not. The monkeypox thing. The monkeypox thing. I swear to God. We did this with AIDS. We know how diseases work. <laughs> like, oh I can't believe we're still, but again, like that goes to what you're saying. Like, the, I, if I had to guess her problem, it was probably very, very poor education in a poor community that was probably, you know, riddled with bad, you know, like small business, small town, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, that creates fear, fear of things that you don't know about. I, you know, like if you are less knowledgeable at something, you just don't know about other things. Mm-hmm. And so like that's where it's like they're like, oh, all these people like go to college because become liberal. Well, yeah, because when you go to college, you meet a lot of people in different backgrounds. And all of a sudden you have a lot of different views because right, you've talked right. to a lot of people in different backgrounds. Right. Whether that makes me a liberal or just more cultured or whatever understanding, I don't know. 
Yeah. But and that's but but again that that also goes to like hey liberals you can't be afraid of these conservatives like you you honestly have to sort of befriend them and be like yo I understand your anger I understand shit's not fun I think you're taking it out wrong so let's just talk about where your anger is coming from and again I think if you really have a more than 280 character conversation with someone where instead of trying to prove a point to someone mm. I, that's where the that comes in and hopefully with the move to authenticity and in-person stuff and trying to unplug from phones and internet we start to see a sway back to that mm. post-covid i think people really want to start interacting with people it hasn't right. been going great so far we've had oh. some crazy <laughs> shit going on yeah um but i think there is just that authenticity person-to-person thing that that is really starting to at least have more of an impact. I don't know if it's the most popular thing, but I think it's just more of an impact. Well, just get do what I did and get rid of your phone. I mean, that that's. I, I, and have you like have you noticed a significant difference, like in terms of like I'm sure it's like made your days better and not having yeah. Twitter and all that stuff, but it's like have you ever felt like oh wow I can't live this life without a phone? No, but no, I grew, of I grew not. Up, I grew up without it, so I didn't have a cell phone until I was 25. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I came to it real late as far as my own life goes. But I think it's the people who are older get a, that get addicted to Twitter that are become problems mm. for themselves. So I, it, it, it is what it is. But you know what? I've kept you for an hour, almost an hour and a half. So I don't want to oh, to, uh, to miss any of your it. valuable. Uh, by the way, when you <laughs> went to work for DNVR, I've been wanting to to ask you this: Did they? require you to remove the vowels from your name you've got a lot of vowels so <laughs> <laughs> I, I well we 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 that stopped quickly because we didn't know what to do with the y and ryan we were like does that stay <laughs> this is true my rin or rune <laughs> right like, gern, gern, and... gern, gern. <laughs> Sorry. i always said adam are a shit about the lack of vowels thing too uh so <laughs> anyway hey uh, we broke our own rule with with chgo we have we have a vowel that's right we have a vowel we have an o now um so uh thank you sir for being on the podcast this this is awesome this is the first time i've had you on in not a year but close to it and uh it's good to have you on here so you see you doing well seeing the old apartment where we did uh film those videos uh back in the day over in the corner same couch like messy yeah we need to get you a little more torn up now that i have a cat but i was gonna say i was gonna say we need to get you we need to get you like a a nice uh what was it those things that those really large couches that go through a corner a sectional we need to get you oh (laughs) yes yes well that's being currently occupied by the litter box so maybe not (laughs) (laughs) that's my sectional at the moment that's that's right (laughs) all right well thank you all for joining us on this uh wherever i'm going to put this podcast and uh uh, I'll be back to soon here with another episode. Goodbye, if I can find the stop button. There we go.